Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking Shot and the first for 2021. And today I've got uh, Scott Johnson, that American photographer, James Musselwhite and the lovely Joanna Elizabeth joining me for a good old chat about the past sort of 12 months and what's in front of us. Welcome everyone. Welcome. Afternoon. Oh, afternoon now already. Only just. Only just, yeah. Midday, 2021. Right. And I've achieved nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Mental State of Photographers. And um, we're going to sort of dive straight into it and sort of have a bit of a round robin of uh, questions um, and sort of just how we've sort of tackled things. So um, James very kindly put some questions together and we sort of talked about um, how the pandemic has affected our business um, from March last year pretty much through to these early months of this year or the last couple of months. So I'll start with you, Scott. Sort of how did it sort of hit you being a wedding photographer? Um, I'm going to be honest. The first eight weeks, I think, so we locked down on what, the middle of March. Um, it was emotionally exhausting. Um, we went from having the best opening start of the year ever with SWPP, WPPI, family trip to the worst eight weeks ever. Um, and it, it was it was exhausting. It was absolutely exhausting. Um, going from a photographer to being a counsellor because brides didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. It's been the m- biggest learning curve I've ever had in business. Now, we survived the global recession and we're still here to talk about it. And I didn't know what to do. And, and there was no, I think we all can agree, there's no, there was no right way of doing it. We all dealt with it in our own way that we knew that was best for us and our clients and everything that was that. And if anything, now I've become a lot hardened to situations. I deal with it. I think I said in a, pre- a previous pod, I imagine it to how a police officer sees dead bodies. The first two or three, it hits you really hard and then you just deal with it. And we've just dealt with it now and we, we're, we're in, we get stuff moved and we move on. And that's that's how we do it. Yeah. What about you, Joanna? It was a bit like dropping off a cliff, wasn't it? Yeah. Still so, falling. Yeah. So you've got you've got various, you know, obviously in the photography world, everybody's got very different business models, very different situations. For us, um, the business was and still is our only source of income with our family, myself, my husband, and two kids. So to suddenly be dropped off that cliff. I used to panic when we had a rubbish week. Hmm. So to be faced with a long-term prospect of having zero income was completely alien to me, having worked every day of my life, uh, working life. So that was very, very strange. And those first few weeks, it's got a real amnesic quality to it. I don't really remember a lot. I was joking towards the end of last year when I was being asked this question and saying, I don't, I don't really remember. (laughs) Maybe it's a little bit of trauma kicks in. So you just don't remember the worst of it. And I think the fact that every single day was exactly the same, wasn't it? So beautiful sunshine. It was like really strange outside, like the Truman Show, wasn't it? And I moved from home office because we moved the home office, the office home, home office, lay on the bed for a bit, downstairs onto the sofa, go in the living room for a bit of a change, go outside, get too hot, come in, sit in the kitchen for a bit, go back up to the home office, do 10 minutes of work, get distracted, go and lie on the bed for a bit. (laughs) And and that's with kids and husband around and just this really strange rotation throughout the house with lots of people checking in. Are you okay? And I'd be like, I I really don't know. That's called circuit training now. Hmm? That's called circuit training now, that route. That is my, that's perfect circuit training for me. Yeah, Yeah. moving from different bed and chair. So very, very strange. It was was a very strange freefall feeling. Very much. And and with you being a a boudoir photographer and very, very specialised, and James as well, you're quite niche as well. Part of your um, business setup is very niche. Um, How have you coped, mate? Uh, Well, yeah, you just constantly you have to constantly move forward and adapt i think adaptability is a word i keep coming back to i think back at the start we'd made the decision last year to change our business structure to provide more corporate support for local independent run businesses so uh, we'd gone away from bumps to babies and aside dabbling in events photography and a specialist niche as you allude to 
to to basically providing support for local businesses in the form of online media content and the form of videos and the form of just working with them a little bit more closely, headshots, all that sort of stuff. And we'd started the year off really well. We we'd booked up our diary up until October with with corporate work and with certain other events that were happening throughout the year. And the odd shoot here and there, but everything was looking quite healthy. And this this decision that we took, this risk that we taken to change the business direction, was working. And then lockdown happened, and the diary emptied in a day. And I said this to Scott at the time. I said, in twenty four hours, my diary went to empty because everything was shut. There were no events happening. My side project of wrestling, no one was wrestling. There were no wrestling shows. Uh, there was no international travel. There was nothing. Um, and ultimately, the the focus then goes to to the family and to the children because they're not at school um and, and i just remember that first night it's like we you know we just we got the family around so look we're, we're just going to get through it and we'll work it out day 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 zero you're sitting down and you're sort of sitting down with your accountant going how do we get to the end of the month and then how do we get to the end of the next month and what provisions do we put in place and a whole load of cancelling subscriptions and, and mortgage holidays and all that sort of stuff sort of kicked in and that was actually, re- that was actually I-, I think that's one of the most positive things that happened from the first lockdown was that we managed to go through our finances and go, what is that subscription? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get rid of that one. And what- what's prioritized and what isn't sort of thing. So then that was locked down. That was like just doing, that was like having an MOT on your finances that first week. I still maintain that was one of the best things that could, it was distressing mm-hmm. at the time, but it was, but it was, it was one of the best things we could have done. And then we made the mistake that I think every parent made. We got, we got kids five and eight years old. So we're both self-employed, both working for the same business that's ultimately shut. And we've got two kids who need a lot of support. Five and eight is a lot of support for homeschooling. Okay. We made the mistake everyone made is that day one, we put a timetable together like they're going to be at school. And we woke up in the morning, we had breakfast together and it was lovely. And we got dressed and we put the blackboard up and we did PE with Joe Wicks. And we did all these little things. And we had lunch booked in at 12.30 for half an hour and a play. And we had a, we had a play time in the first, in the, in between Joe Wicks and lunch. We had a little play break, go in the garden, go and play and like that. And that lasted all 48 hours before we just went, that's unmanageable because it was unmanageable because the stresses that they're going under, and this is what I always come back to, the stresses that the kids are going under at the moment in terms of their lack of normalcy is, is over and above everything else. We can rationalise everything. We can put things in place as adults. It's uncertain for us, obviously, but we can adapt. They, the children are really resilient, but they haven't got that model inside of themselves to, to rationalise it. Mm. You know, and like even to the point of if we skip forward to the latest briefing where we've been locked down now for the third time, we thought our eight year old, we thought, you know what, we're going to treat you a bit more, a bit more maturely in this situation. You can stay up and watch this eight o'clock briefing with Boris and hear from your own prime minister about what he's doing and why. And then we can talk to you about it afterwards. And it was actually a really difficult process for him to again get on top of because he was hearing words that we were sort of glossing over the one the one word that he heard um, was uh, strain as a new strain of this virus and so with everything else that, that our prime minister was saying in that briefing that's the one thing that stuck in his head and he's like well if there's a new strain we're going to get it and he was and it, and it really set him off on that tangent but luckily because of that we it's what th- that briefing still annoys me because eight o'clock they should be in bed. So what should have happened if everything was put in place, what should have happened is that we put our kids to bed, the briefing happens, then they wake up in the morning and we tell them they're not going to school after they've gone to school thinking this is the last sleep before we go back to school after Christmas. That's irresponsible in my point of view. That's why we kept him up so that we could have the chat with him, put him to bed. And then he would know that when he wakes up in the morning, we're back to this situation again. But I think that management of the children has been our top priority. I don't know about anyone else. So I feel like I've spoken a lot there. Sorry, carry on. No, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's pretty much bang on. And it just shows how diverse and it affects everyone in so many different ways. Um, I mean, for me, ironically, I was about, in March last year, I was about to start a commercial job for the NHS to, to shoot a little work from them. And it was about a week out from starting it and, and lockdown came in. So that was put on the back burner because uh, they were all called in to manage COVID. Um, had some other commercial jobs on the side. Um, had my uh, portrait studio sort of working along nicely, stuff coming in for that. And then there was the decision, do I keep the studio open? Do I take that risk? And I was just, I just thought, there's no way. And, and there's also that 
emotional attachment, you know, my my because I'm from New Zealand, my family's over there. What if something happens to them? Am I going to be able to get out there and see them? So on top of the business side, there's that emotional side going, what's going to happen? Um, but uh, yeah, like all you've said, I completely relooked at my business and, you know, like James said, you literally go through your bank statement and go, what the hell is that for? And I'll cancel that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that a lot. Am I paying for two of those? Right. Okay. Get, get rid of that. Um, so- I paid for Disney Plus twice at the start of lockdown. So, you know, that's how messed up my brain was. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Disney Plus has been a saviour, Fortnite's been a saviour, um, and there's been little things that have actually come out of this that have been really positive um, from the Honest Photographer, uh, where everyone can talk, and I think that's one of the strengths that it's come out, is that photographers are actually talking more um, than they w- normally would, I would say, um, and, and sharing stuff. Some, some people do keep in their bubble, but um, I think it's really important, you know, we talked about mental health, Joe, and, and one of the podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's so incredibly important just to get out there, offload, not carry that stuff on your shoulder. And yeah. I, I, I found mean, that we, good. We made that decision very early on within the first few days of, like, you know, like you said, do I shut, don't I shut? Because it was all a bit grey area for the beginning. So we... Um, because hairdressers couldn't work, we allowed clients to come in and do their own hair and makeup. <laughs> so we, we limped on for a little while until we got to the point that we couldn't. So we, we tried a little bit. And um, the, just being very aware of the mental health and what we were putting out there as content. So we made the decision very quickly to stop all of our social media content and look at it and rewrite it. So we're very much, as you know, our business is very intrinsically linked to women's mental health and making them feel better about themselves, that kind of thing. So we felt that those that were following us needed to hear a strong, consistent, you know, reassuring, hopeful kind of vibe. So we rewrote everything and everything from then on as content that we were putting out because we didn't want to just disappear. Mm. We wanted to just be there, visible, and maintain a visibility um we just made sure that we changed everything and how we were speaking and we stopped selling there and then we just stopped we didn't sell anything we just shared nice stuff and i think that was important because quite frankly you know i was a parent at home trying to homeschool i just the last thing i want is a business that i love to be trying to squeeze those last few pounds out of me um so, yeah, it was a difficult decision to make. But we wanted to safeguard the mental health of those that follow us, really, and those that might think of booking us in the future might think of us as a bit of a hopeful brand. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's an incredible way to react, really. And it's like, it's looking after yourself, looking after the business. Um, and, you know, for it to, to exist, it has to be there to, to be able to look after. It's as simple as that. It sounds really daft, but it is as simple as that. What about you, Scott? Sorry. So I was going to say, I kind of felt that I was kind of safeguarding the future of our brand as well, because there are certain brands that I have turned away from during the pandemic Mm. that I've just gone, nah, you've lost me because of the way that they've, they might even be supply, you know, the the way they've behaved, Mm. the way they've assumed that I should be loyal um, and just assumed a lot really. And, you know, that's been tough in some situations in other situations, it's been very easy to align myself with different brands personally and business wise, because, and I didn't want my clients to be thinking that about me. I want, I'm thinking about my brand next year, the year after, so that when they look back and when we finally did have that lovely moment of reopening, I had clients in front of me saying, your Facebook group got me through lockdown. That's the greatest gift as far as I was concerned. It's got nothing to do with money yeah. and business. Absolutely. Just knowing we were there for someone is, is good enough. Well, that, that sure shows the character you are, Joe, to be honest, and the person you are as well, which is, which is what is the game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. How about you, Scott? How did you sort of, sort of react to that? How did you sort of push your business through to now? It was well initially. It was it was panic, you know, much like um, Joe. This is all I've ever done. This is all I've ever known. This is all I've ever earned. Like money that we've survived on, you know. When I was twenty three, I was you know earning money on ships. There was if I had ten pound in my pocket, I knocked it out in five minutes. That was that was how I used to live. But it was the initial panic of 
well, that's our revenue gone. It's, I think I shared a GIF at the start of lockdown, much like James's, the diary just went. And I, imagine a pyramid of cards, 10 stock. It's like you just get the last two. You, th- you go into, I went into March thinking, you know what, if I could get two or three more weddings this year, I'm happy and that'll that'll be enough to kind of keep us going. And then the cat walks in and then knocks out that bottom card and the whole deck just disappeared in front of me. Um, so panic set in. Um, the first thing we did uh, was we redid the website. We spent money on the website and, and you know, we could have hit it hard and gone to previous clients to say, hey, look at this. We're still doing this. Do you want to buy some stuff? But a lot of talk was out there that everyone's sitting at home doing nothing, earning 80%. Mm-hmm. And that's true. There were people sitting at home doing nothing, earning 80%. And I think James mentioned it. There's all, But there was a lot of people that were out of work day one. And there were a lot of people that I know a lot of my friends from my retail background are still in retail. And they lost their jobs day one. Bang, gone. Um, and there is no 80% for them. And... That's the problem that a lot of people are in at the minute. As the longer this goes on, there's a lot more people that don't have that 80% and the, and the luxury of being at home getting paid or having the option to, like my brother, God bless him, he's, he's oh, never been busier. He's in, he's in IT, working for an IT company that can work from home. That, that's brilliant. Um, but I don't mean to get you know go down the political route, but there's an awful lot of people that have been forgotten, mm. I think. Um and we have to remember that as business people. And we have to remember that there's a lot of people that are struggling. There's a lot of people that have all the money that was offered has gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that I know that are amazing, incredible photographers that are now working in Tesco stacking shelves because they have to, yeah. because they have mm-hmm. to survive. And I'm very, very aware of that. So what we did was you could kind of see in the summer that, when the numbers were going down and the, you know, the death rate was falling, the infection rate was falling and, you know, the talk was, we're going to come out of this. So we preempted um, an intimate wedding package. And the minute that Boris said in June, we're good to go, we hit the button on the website and we hit the button and we were there for, we were, and we were pushed, not pushing is the wrong word, but we were, we were softly selling. We now offer these intimate weddings for two hours for 20 people or 30. I forget what the numbers were back in June. And we booked six weddings just from that. So it was kind of foreseeing what might happen. And for, what's the page on a website? 150 quid from your developer. So we spent the money, got the page ready to go. We SEO'd the hell out of it. And it was there just in case. So a bit of foresight from us. Now for the three months that we were able to work, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And we shot some weddings and we downsized and because the, 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 the social media was working and then people thought, Oh, you are doing small. We're actually having a smaller wedding now. Can you still come and cover it? And the answer was yes, of course we can. And then just as we got going with the location shoots, November hit and that was that done again. So it was, it was a, a lot of panic. It was, but we, um, I, I spoke to someone three weeks ago for, for a magazine article um, and I said, running a business during this has been like surfing. I, know, I, I learned to surf when I was on ships and you catch that wave on the beach, but that the ripple of that wave was a gust of wind that was 3,000 miles away in the Pacific. And <laughs> there's no matter, we're in, we're, we're in this water and we are going to catch that wave and we don't know how big it's going to be and i don't I'm not paraphrasing the, the virus wave but we we're in there and we've got to ride the wave whatever wave comes in either we we ride it and we surf it or we fall off and we get up and go again it's the strength i think of people's character in business is to whether they stay out it no i'm going to learn to surf i'm going to learn to do this and you ride the wave of being in business or you think i'm always almost swore there <laughs> the hell with it and i'm going to get out and go on the beach and go to the pub yeah. and I think it's the strength of people's character in I'm not giving up I, and I'm not going to, I'm not giving this up. I've worked too damn hard to get in a position where I am at the minute in not only in business, but we you know we had a comfortable life before this as we, I think we all did. And I want that back. I, I, I'm tired. I spent most of my early twenties struggling financially because I was an absolute knobhead when it came to spending money when I was 18 and 19, because it's a credit card. Hey, we'll just spend it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we're, we're out of that now but the longer this goes on that's come that's coming back and, and I, I don't want it to come back so we're going to just going to plow through and do the best we can with the hand that we've been dealt and 
just chatting to you guys as well has been a, a massive help. Uh, yeah, help. it does help but also also you know listen to you guys and we'll just jump onto james in a sec but uh, diversifying as well diversifying your business um which is the strength shown through this um shows the strength of, of the character of the person you are as well um and it's quite a hard thing to sit back and go right we're going to do these changes we're going to do smaller packages we're going to offer things offer things different but it, it makes perfect sense because if you you can't sit in the same bubble and push out the same product of 12 months ago because the world's a different place. People are looking for different things and they're looking for a bit of empathy as well. And I think if you can show that, that you're prepared to, to work, then, um, then jump onto it. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to add to that is that maybe a slight alternative is that I, I've not pivoted. I've not diversified. I've not reduced what I offer. Um, I've continued to be the same happy smiley business that I've always been yeah and I've found mainly because I run a studio so I know what my overheads are I know the maths I know what I need to charge Mm. I don't charge more than I have to I charge what I have to charge to meet all the obligations that I do and to have a happy life so there was never a question when we did the little reopening area that we did at the end of 20 um, of us being fearful and being worried that people didn't have the income, you know, the people who came did. Mm. And we found that our clients needed us more than ever. They respected us more than ever and they valued us more than ever. And in fact, annoyingly, October was the best month we've ever had since we started trading over 10 years ago. Crazy. Gutted. <laughs> <laughs> We were we were flying and it was wonderful. And they went, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And they hit the button again. And we were like, no, because <laughs> it was just, what a month. These women have been dying for us to reopen. And, you know, I haven't reduced any of my offerings. I've charged exactly the same. And in fact, we made more, you know, because we offered some extra things on top. We didn't, we didn't reduce what we were doing. And um, that worked for us. But obviously, again, it's different for everybody. And like Scott was saying, you, he's got a different market. Completely. You know, couples needing smaller gatherings, completely different ball game. Like but that's incredibly positive to hear that, you know, you, you, can, you can carry on. Like I said, you know, Scott's riding a completely different wave, being a wedding photographer. Completely. We're, we're, we're all surfing waves, but we're all surfing very different ones. Yeah, completely. Yeah. How about you, James? How have you... Um, we're getting the perspective from a rubbish photographer as opposed to a niche boudoir photographer and a wedding photographer. So here okay. we go. <laughs> so we had, I, I'll, I'll tap on a couple of things that both the guys said. Um, the social media approach to tap onto what, what Joanna was saying, we had a sort of three pronged approach because we had three, three essential strands of our business. We had our muscle white photography, Facebook page, which overnight sort of became a empathy led sort of social media output if that makes sense um we did a lot we we knew that we were at home with the kids we knew that a lot of our customers would be home with the kids so one of the things that i did was i just did lego photography for kids every uh, for a couple of mornings in may so good they were great got some <laughs> so really, good. it was it was really simple got my son involved and it was just really simple techniques that i thought were really obvious but obviously not everyone does and this wasn't for photographers it was for just kids and parents so if you had a camera phone and if you had like you know like a torch you could do it um and it was and and we may be doing another one again so i don't know but it was that it was that give back the other thing we did on there was we did i I went through my back catalog and just chose some of my favorite images and went and contacted some of my the customers that they were shot for i just got them on a live zoom chat and we just chatted about them live on the facebook group just to sort of say, look, do you remember when, let's, let's reminisce about your wedding day and let's talk about your favorite image from your wedding day. And let's talk about, and it's all just a bit of free give back, free give back, free give back, just to keep reminding people. And the other thing we used that business page for was to advertise other local independent businesses that were still running. Mm. So we had like a catering company that we provided video content for in the past who were doing home deliveries, go and see him. And then he's come, the kickback is that he then comes back and, and you know, it's, it just reaffirms that relationships and showing empathy to other businesses that are struggling, but are still running. That's how we use muscle white photography. Honest photographer, we called on 
um gotta say thank you to ellie and to sanjay and to kels and to and to yourselves uh, scott and ross for helping me provide content for that page because for the first couple of months we were trying to provide a different piece of content every day and it didn't have to be anything massive it could just be like post your favorite pictures today da, 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 da. but the honest photographer is a place what people don't know about it is it's a place where i go to experiment so I like, it's not, it's not an open group. It's a, it's a closed group, but it's where I go to sort of experiment with new ideas. So I went through a phase where like every Monday I was just going live for five minutes, just saying what was on my mind. And we just try other little things and, and, and even just posting like a message in there, just like the best posts I put in there is where I just put, how are you? And I get that's the ones that I get the most interaction from, <laughs> like from people on there in terms of like, and it's just a place for people just to vent and just to let stuff out and just to, you know, there's no judgment in there, all that sort of stuff. It's everything I wanted a photography group to be in. And that's actually gone from strength to strength, I think, that group. Um, as like my little social media safe space. And then the last one was that obviously my my wrestling businesses capitulated in the last year. I lost one and the other one's sort of hanging on by a thread. Um, but what I used the, the what I used one of them for, the main one, the portrait of the rest of one was i just went out and said look i'm doing free portfolio reviews because i've got a lot of other wrestling photographers around the world who follow up my work so i said look if you want me to review your portfolio i'll do it free no problem so on a pay what you like scheme so some people have paid some people haven't that's cool because it's a pandemic i don't know what people's finances are like what they do is they send me 10 images i just review them live and just upload them to youtube so now at the end of the year, I've actually got like a catalog of, I think I'm up to like nearly sort of 30 or 40 portfolio reviews on there, just individual videos Fantastic. where people, where they've been shared online and people, and ever, honestly, I cannot tell you, we don't call them portrait critiques, we call them portrait reviews. Yeah. We're not critiquing them. We, I'm just looking at the photos and just telling you what I think of them. That's all it is. And the feedback I'm getting from the people I've had everywhere in America, I've ticked off about a dozen states now that have been covered canada mexico um australia new zealand germany italy portugal all these photographers from all these countries have sent me their work which is a huge privilege as as scott knows as a well-versed judge it's one of the hugest hugest things for a photographer to do is to take their photo put it in front of you and go tell me what you think mm-hmm. with an open mind not with a pre- preconceived idea in their head as to oh i know i knew that was wrong i knew that was wrong so like, no what do you think i want to learn and we're building up a real community with that now and generally, people have paid as well, which has been good because it's just sort of topped a little bit sort of coming through, you know. Um, and just building up those communities, as Joanna alludes to, has been, has, has, been, has been the crux of it. The one thing I will say is I got to a point during the year, I think it was after they put the retrain nonsense out where everyone in, in sort of like all, all theatre performers need to think about retraining for the new reality of the future sort of thing. And Twitter exploded overnight with that. <laughs> I think I got to a point where I was just like, I'm fed up of adapting. I'm, I just, I don't know how many... Like, I think I can adapt. I think it's one of my strengths, but I don't know how much more I've got of that left in me. I'm fed up of it because I can't forward plan with it. Constantly adapting. I cannot forward plan to the next stage. And as Joanna alluded to, when they opened everything up again between those first two lockdowns, we had a residency booked in because uh, so, we couldn't do them from our home studio. If I see another post online about I'm in tier, can I open the what's the rules? Oh, if yes. I've got a garden gate, I can't look, can't be bothered with it. If you feel safe, open. And if it's within the rules, fine. If you don't feel safe, don't. We didn't feel safe bringing people into our home. So we rented a studio outside of our of our area, okay, which we traveled to, which was all fine because it was all when everything was open. We booked up three days full every day with family shoots. And it felt so good to just be working again. Yeah. I just want to work. We talk, it's Scott alluded to, we talk about people sat at home on 80%. Well, I'm sat at home on 80% of, of, of minimum because of the way our mm. limited business is set up. So we're not getting the kickback from the dividends we would be earning every year. Mm. So we're kind of scraping by at the moment. It's a real scrape and a real struggle at the moment to, 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 to get by on this. Um, when we were open for those three days, it just felt, I felt great. I felt like I was doing what I loved. I felt so happy. The customers felt the feedback has been nothing but positive uh, with, with Joanna's hope. We, we our, our average order doubled from all of those shoots because we changed the way that we did them. And like I said, we had the most profitable October we've ever had. And then it went again mm-hmm. and then it went again. And you've got all these things set up of like, okay, we're going to do this and I'm going to market it this way. And then everyone is going to come and is going to get this. And we're going to get the testimonies. Then we're going to get them to refer. And then they're going to come in. They're going to do another residency somewhere else the next month. And we'll just keep doing residencies until, and it can't happen because we can't forward plan. 
And that's really, really, really debilitating. So I think that to sum it all up is we're constantly adapting. We're providing empathetic social media content that is helping people, not selling, helping people. Mm. But without the ability to forward plan, it's very difficult. Mm. Oh, it's an absolute headache because yeah, like you don't know. There's, there's no time given um, for, for you. If, I, if, yeah. yeah, to cut you off, I, I get what Scott's saying about like I fought too long and, and I have, and we all have, right? Yeah. Like I took a massive bet on myself in 2003 that this was going to be my career. Mm. And and I've got to a stage now where I'm really, really happy with where I've, I've even got to a stage where I've said, look, if it all ended tomorrow, I'd have achieved more in photography than I ever dreamed of, right? Absolutely, unquestionably. But I have fought too hard <laughs> to, to, to have that position in the market for it just to go, just to go. And, and as I've said to Scott on private messages, I'll say it publicly on here. I'm not any good at anything else. I'm not any good at anything else. I can't, I, I wouldn't know what to do. I yeah, would I'm do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm unemployable. Yes, yes. If I had to tomorrow, I would do it. I would do anything. I'd do anything to keep a roof above. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but the, it's scary because I'm not actually good at anything else. <laughs> I think I think creators are incredibly hard on themselves though, because because we love what we do, and that and it's quite scary having in the back of our minds that we might have to do something else, and we don't want to go there, and that's why we're so determined and we fight to keep our businesses going, and we fight damn hard to keep them going as well. I think I do think that um, self-employed people who've been in the game for a long time are a very different kind of person. Hmm. You're a different breed to others, um, just in metal and ability. And, yeah, just having that will-do-it attitude, it's, it's, it's almost, I always laugh and say it's a genetic thing. It's in your genes. You can't change it, which is why I joke and say that I'm unemployable because I can't answer to other people anymore. <laughs> it's not possible. Um, yeah, so you're not, you're not going to... You're not going to roll over and go and do something else. It's 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 not an option. It's not on the table. No, no, no way. No, Look, just I haven't even entertained it for one moment during this whole crisis. One, one of the having, one of the best things. Said, that, jump in. Sorry, Ross. Having said that, there is a certain amount of humility that comes with it, though. Early on in in the first lockdown, I interviewed the first. Um, woman to climb Everest from uh, first British woman to climb Everest for our running club. We just did this series of podcasts where we interviewed like athletes from all different fields. And um, well, she, she came onto the podcast and said, Oh, terribly sorry. I'm late. I've just come off my shift from doing Tesco home deliveries. I said, what? And she's like, yeah, I've, I've had to take a job because I lost my job. And, and I'm like, you should be, you're the first British woman to climb Everest. What is that? But then mm. the fact that if she's, you know, like she's in a position where she's like, no, I'm just doing it. And she said, I'm having the time of my life. It's like easy. People are really happy to see me um, because I'm providing them with food. I'm providing something that's getting me out there and all that sort of stuff. So there is a certain amount of humility in it in terms of like, I appreciate what Joanna's saying about sticking within her niche and all that kind of stuff. But, but you have diversified in terms of like you admitted it because your content diversified in that yes. downtime. Right. Okay. Definitely. So the, right. So there is a certain amount of that. There's no point. I say it again. There's no point sitting there getting mad because uh, because the industry's changed and all that sort of the, the change in the industry is inevitable. It always happens. You just have to either adapt with it or get left behind. Yep. I have to add though that there's me sitting here in my studio right now, you know, saying. I've got to be damned if I was going to do anything different. There's no way I was going to get a job. I am sitting in a business that was well planned out, stable, had a buffer, then got government help. I financially was in a position to say, to not have to, we've scraped through. You know, I haven't had to say, and I'm a parent, I've got two kids, it's our family's only source of income. Don't get me wrong, you know, with zero income coming in, if we hadn't been lucky and had the help that we had, hell yeah, I would have been delivering for Tesco's or whatever, you know, because you do what you have to do as a parent and, you know, as an adult to survive. So I accept that some people haven't been as lucky as we have basically to and have needed or had maybe a partner who's got an income, you know, everybody's different again on those different waves we were talking about. Yeah, That's where I've been quite lucky. Um, my wife's a mental health nurse and, you know, and we made a decision 
six, seven years ago that we were going to bring her into the business and, and do stuff. And in hindsight now, man, we're lucky that we didn't take that because without her income, we'd have been, we'd have been, well, I'd have been, they say Tesco's, but yeah, this is absolutely without her. Um, we'd have been stuffed, I think. And, you know, and she, and she now revels in the fact that she's now the main breadwinner. And she tells me about four or five times a day. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> friend of mine said he's married to, a, to his, his wife's a teaching assistant and he said like in the first week of lockdown he said she was she was swanning around the house like royalty because she was key worker status <laughs> or Which front is, line you know, but, but without those but, but that was also a reset at the start as well i remember saying this to you scott so all right i know where i am on the totem pole now like in terms of like you know we we know our jobs are important we know we know that what we do has value but in terms of actually just getting through day to day as a society, we're not that high on the totem pole in terms of like who the key workers are, you know? Mm. No, we are, we rank about 850 seconds in a list of <laughs> <do>. 853. <laughs> Very <laughs> unimportant. <laughs> but, no, that's, I mean, oh gosh, how do I react? I am, um, the way I changed my business, because I was shooting everything in the studio, I, and because everything was nice and the weather was great. I got back to shooting outdoors when we had that opportunity to shoot and I absolutely loved it. I just thought, why didn't I do this earlier? And it was just the best thing out, different locations and uh, places where people loved and the enjoyment of being outside shooting and stuff like that, you know, having challenges from light. Um, so you're challenging yourself, not having that, you know, safe control that you have in the studio. Because um, I love that point of it. Um, but like you said, you know, when it did happen, the emails went out to clients saying, we are still here, we're not going anywhere. If you want us, pick up the phone, have a chat. Um, you don't You don't have to, you know, it wasn't like we're here, book us. It was we're, we're here, we're not going anywhere. We're a surviving business and, and we'll be here. And it's also that reassurance because some people, I uh, did have uh, an email or two, um, are you okay, are our images going to be okay? Because of it coming in, people would think, right, uh, they might disappear, so our, our images may disappear. Um, which did actually create a revenue stream for our past our wedding clients because we've got a stack of negatives just taking up a load of storage. So softly they were offered if they wanted to I didn't to think them. you were that old, Ross, to be shooting negative, but that's, <laughs> I've learned something today. Yeah, I'm only 25. <laughs> and some. Twice this year. Um <laughs> But yeah, that, that was quite interesting and people were really keen to do it. So we sort of softly started um, floating those out to people and um, that, that's been really, I, really good. I, I think you said it there, the word reassurance. Mm. Um, well, I've had couples, like you say, re- just email and say, how, how is things? You know, we'll see where we scheduling after we schedule our wedding date. We're going to go for here. How, how, how are you with all this? Because obviously they all, they all know that this is the only thing that I do. And um, I had couples sent me a Lego bride and groom and said, look, we know you're going to be quite quiet at the minute. Shoot a, no, we, we've sent a, a couple to you, a couple to our videographer. Let's see what you can do with it. So they gave, they gave us something to do because they knew that we, we weren't doing too much. And my couples, if you're listening, I wouldn't be here financially in business without their help. They were the most understanding I could have asked for because we, we moved a lot of things and, they, they paid part balances, some paid full balances. Look, the money's sitting here. Mm. Do you need it? Do you need us to help? Do you need us to help you get through without them? We, we wouldn't have been in a position to be here in January 2021 in business. We would have had to have shut because I did the same. I did the same for other suppliers of mine just locally, like my window cleaner. He messaged me and said, because we've got a lot of windows here. It's like, you know, obviously you don't want them cleaning. And I was like, no, I insist. And I did it publicly on his Facebook page. Please continue. I know you can't clean them, but continue to charge me. And then that generated underneath some other people to go, yes, yes, me too. You know, which I thought was important to try and support other small businesses that we were connected with and say, look, if you still need something, I'm in a position to kind of continue paying you. Yeah. Important. Going forward, um, people, as we're now in 2021, hard to believe, yeah. James uh, looks with a big grin on his face. 
What about <laughs> what about you, James? What do you think? What are your plans for twenty twenty one after I, um, yesterday? It's 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 difficult. I mean, ultimately, I mean, the, so the the vaccine is the big thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, once 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 people are vaccinated, then we, we we're, we're moving back to some sort of normality. Um, and with that as a real prospect, then you can start to forward plan and start to think about what we can do. Um, what we do know at the moment is that a lot of businesses are closing. Um, a lot of retail space is available and it's a bit of a buyer's market out there. So we actually spent the last few months sort of researching properties to actually change the business for the third time in a year um uh, the business direction to actually sort of open up a studio so to do the absolute opposite of what everyone in the market's doing the absolute opposite of every piece of advice we've been given uh and the opposite of what we possibly should be responsibly doing in a pandemic which is to sort of open up a high street studio um it's a huge goal of my wife's who's the other part of our business uh, the brains and the creativity and the drive and everything i'm just an idiot with a camera it's one of her ambitions to sort of open up a gallery and we've managed to source a space that's big enough to have both a studio and an art studio in it as well um and all things being well um we should have secured a lease on that um which we will be working on for the first few months of the year while construction can happen but photography can't so that when the summer comes round and when the autumn comes round, uh, we're ready to open and to hit the ground running and to and to take a risk. Um, you you have to take chances, and it's the one step in thirteen years that I oh, sorry 13, 17 years of being a full time photographer that I haven't ever had the guts to take. Um, <laughs> so I'm scared, I'm petrified, I'm worried. Um, I, um, but you get one shot. I learned that a long time ago. So and I'm championing you I'm, every step of the way. Absolutely. And those I are good emotions that. to have too. Kind. Good emotions to have. Being, being scared and worried about taking a step is incredibly good emotions to have. And I think that makes it much more exciting. If you didn't have those emotions, it would be a worry. Well, we, I, I get, I'm getting the same feeling I got when I left my home to go and get my first photography job, you know, in a different county. I'm getting the same feelings that I got when I first like agreed to leave that job to start my own job. It's the same feelings. I'm still here. It's like a and my to to take a, to take a, an analogy from Scott and to twist it slightly. Starting a business or making any sort of decision like that is like a roller coaster. And at the moment, I'm on this bit where it slowly takes you up and up and up and you can hear the cranking of the chains and you can't quite see over the edge and you don't know what's coming i'm there and i'm like and i'm strapped in and i'm like get me off nope. i'm at the get me off i'm at the get me off stage now i can see where the footbridge is i can just jump off i'll walk down we're all good but as soon as it goes over i can't get off you can't get off you're committed you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take every little twist and turn and that's exciting and i that's that's the heart you know that's the heartbreaking thing about me for this is it's so Genuinely, stuff I haven't spoken about on this podcast that happened last year I was good. I had some good shit happen last year. I swore. I was the first one to swear, Scott. I, <gasps> I had some good stuff happen last year that because of either non-disclosure agreements or the taste or the fact that other people are going through a hard time and just having a bit of empathy and all that sort of stuff, I couldn't celebrate as much as I wanted to celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know? And I want to be sat here excited going, it's opening and it's doing this and yeah, we're going to be amazing. But I just don't know when we're going to open. I don't know when we're going to do this big launch. I don't know who my first exhibition is going to be of. I don't know how the local uh, people are going to react to us i don't know and i don't, and, but and i want to be excited that's so frustrating because i want to be excited about it and i want to and, and i want to be popping for it but it's going to be a slow burn i think we are used to being the kind of industry some of us in the industry about congratulating each other and making achievements several times a year and like whooping and like oh my god that was amazing and it's it's definitely felt constrictive this year like you said James I've had moments of complete insane brilliant stuff happening and not feeling yeah that that I need to sort of safeguard everybody else's mental health and not shout from the rooftops in the way that I've wanted to or show off as it would be perceived as me showing off you know and just having to keep super super quiet about everything and um yeah let's hope we can do a little bit more cheering next year 
hope so. I hope so. How about we just do? Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, it's not a particularly British trait either, is it? I think either in terms of that. We, Scott Scott will be familiar with this. Whenever anyone does something, anything awesome in terms of like awards or something like that, they're always humbled and privileged to just be (laughs) mentioned along the line when they know they're the best photographer in that competition. I'm I'm truly honoured. I can't believe it's really happened to me. I Bullshit! You're like, me. yes, it's me. I've done it. It's me. Hell yeah, me. The next awards that we're all at. That's the protocol. Yes. I won't be going up because I never do. I always finish second. Yeah. But when, <laughs> when we one go up, fucking I think yes. I'm coming third this year or last year. It was just it, because I always come third. It's it's. But I think. But also going back to what Joe said, it's we've all had our own little wins. Um, and I think it's very, very important that as great it is to see friends, colleagues, you know, good friends and colleagues do well with the industry. Don't let their success be a judgment on how well or bad you're doing, because we're all running our own race. And yes, because no, James, you know, obviously with your portrait studio, it's brilliant. Absolutely amazing. But mm. with the greatest respect, I'm focusing on what I've got to get done. I'm not, you know, I'm dead chuffed that it's happening, but I'm running my race at the minute and I've got to do that in my own pace. I've got to do that at my own, my own um, fire and steam and not be distracted by other people in the industry because what you're doing is great. What Joe's doing is great. What Ross is doing is great, but it has absolutely zero impact in what I'm trying to achieve at the minute. And I think more people need to realize you need to run your own race. Stop being distracted by others shouting from the rooftops mm. because a lot of it is bollocks. Yes. Anyone that in <laughs> yeah. 2020 is saying that they've done, had a good year. It's, I'm calling you out. You're lying. Yeah. I think for the whole year, <laughs> if you've had the odd month here or there, brilliant that's awesome i had a good couple of months in the summer when i shot those intimate weddings but to say you had a good successful year in business last year i think people you know it's like the uh, you see it on facebook all the time i'm waffling but oh oh i've had four in four wedding inquiries today just for 2022 oh i can't believe how busy i am did you really really did you really, really? yeah really um and we, Did those inquiries start high? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Me and Scott have done this before. This conversation that happens at almost every convention between two wedding photographers. How are your wedding bookings, bookings going? Good. How many got booked in? Enough. <laughs> Is it, yeah. Is it? So, so do you need any more? Well, it's, you know, it's on target. It's as good as last year. Never any figures. Yeah. <laughs> No. no. Well, for me, studios and portrait photographers, when they get together, it's like the, one of the first questions is, what's your average sale? And you go, <laughs> uh, 1,500. And they go, mine's 3,000. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh okay. Piques my interest briefly. And you go, so how many shoots do you do a month? Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's you like, do- you know, it and I just workshop. walk away and go, I can't talk to you because it's just yeah. not real. It's nowhere near me. They um, won't know that. Um, that's the thing. They won't come up with a figure. How many shoots did you do this month? Well, more than last month. We had a good one the month <laughs> yeah. before that. No figures, no actual <laughs> figures. The age old <laughs> question is everyone wants to know is how much do we charge for an eight by 10? Yes. That's what it's, ah. it's uh, 49 quid. I swear I charge for an eight by 10, 49 quid. Paul Wilkinson said it in a podcast ages ago, wherever you are, you're mid-market. Whatever you charge, it doesn't matter how much you charge. Yeah. You're, there's always someone cheaper, always someone more expensive. Yes, And that's the joy of business. Everyone's mid-market. Yeah, exactly. So, Tremendous. so has everyone talked about their plans for 21? Oh, right, 2021. Um, I don't think I have. I know Joanna has Joanna telling us yes. about his. I forget, Joe. <laughs> that wasn't me like getting into the segue. It's just me trying to pull it back a little bit. <laughs> we can all turn into convention chats and what happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god that could too go on for like another hour too early for whiskey joe no, <laughs> some, somewhere in the world it's, a, it's early, five o'clock too early for whiskey <laughs> exactly no i it's very much the same as james is if we're in the middle of like changing all the time and not really sure of what the hell's going on it's really really hard to make a plan so before they said they were going to do this predictable lockdown, um, I was sitting there over Christmas going, it's fine. I'm going to make my 2021 plans. This is my job now. I'm going to, this is, I need to do this. I'm going to do my marketing plan. I'm going to do my social media plan. I'm going to do my business plan. And then this hits anything. 
oh no, I, I can't actually plan anything. I literally can't plan anything. I can't, I can't plan my content. We can only schedule our social media posts for maybe a week, two weeks in advance, if that, because there's such big stories coming along all the time that sends us scrambling to later.com to suspend all of our posts because of something that's just been announced on the news, you know? Or I'll see something scheduled for tomorrow and go, no, we can't say that today. We need to push that post back a bit because everyone's feeling a bit raw. Yeah. So just as far as social media content, that's been really, really hard. Um, I found personally, I think, is really helping me in the last week and was definitely helping me in the last lockdown was on a personal level I tried to um, and will try to do as a plan is one job a day one job slash a goal hate word goal um, just so that I get to the end of the day cooking dinner and know that I got that done whether it was hanging those shelves I'm not doing that my husband is but (laughs) you know and and I'm today my goal for today podcast Tidy. So I can, after this, I can just go away and just let the rest of the day go because I achieved something today. Hmm. So I feel better at the end of the day knowing, but I know there are going to be days when I can't achieve anything and I'm going to let myself not achieve anything that day. I, I think sometimes it it's really so good, far, though. It's, know, good, and- it's good actually to actually just have a day's rest. Absolutely. You do feel better, don't you? You come back afterwards out of it feeling a lot better. I've got, um, bizarrely, I've I've scheduled laser eye surgery next week um, because I've got time. Why not? I'm staring at walls anyway. I might as well have a gammy eye. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to, I've scheduled that because I've been putting it off for two years because I couldn't take two weeks off. Hmm. And then suddenly had a flash of inspiration with this lockdown looming that, oh, I could do that now. Let's go for it. So I'm going to get that done. And um, I'm not quite sure. Come back to me next week when I literally can't even look at my phone for a few days. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to cope. I'm hoping I'll be able to see Netflix. Sorry to cut you off, John. I just want to jump in because what you said there really rang with just a a small social media video I watched this morning Uh before before I did my workout this morning. It was just about making decisions. And the guy just spoke at me for like five minutes about, he said, whatever you do today, make a decision. Just one. Just, just make a decision, whatever yeah. it is. It might be the wrong one, but you made a decision. Not you making moved. decisions is, is, yeah, what, you moved. is what you moved. Exactly. Yeah. And, he, and, 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 and he's a big proponent of don't just think it, ink it. So if you've, oh, got a, if, you've, if you've got a goal or you've got just something you've got to do today, just write it down. Yes. And the writing it down is an actual commitment to doing that. Me and yeah, my wife, love to, we love ticking off lists. Yes. I love having a list at the start of the day yeah. and just going bam, 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 bam. Girl, you know? Sorry, I don't want to go down that route with this podcast. But yeah, it's no, just though. it was just funny when you were saying it. I'm like, I listened to that this morning. It's amazing. Uh, just it's true. Thing. And, you know, I'm going to very much uh, focus on my client base. So I have a, a private secret, I guess, Facebook group that has just got clients in. And maybe some want to be clients. There are a few in there. But it's become such a community since well, I've had it about four years, but it really came into its own during the pandemic and, and probably before, to be fair. But I've been doing like every couple of weeks mental health check-in. We've had Zooms in the evenings for those women in the group that are quite isolated, even more so again, going into this big lockdown. Um, I, I know sometime, I think it was May, we did a TikTok where they all they dressed, you know, the one where it was set to music and the women would like change and to the camera we did that and it was just hilarious it wasn't for anything else other than us having fun and doing something for ourselves that was cool so we're gonna we're probably gonna do more of that kind of thing and yeah I know that I'm comfortable in the fact that I know that I have a marketing and lead generation system that when I get the green light from the government I'm just going to switch it back on and do work yeah so I'm not worried about Selling to anyone at the moment, I'm not worried. I just want to stay visible. And I think that's the best I can do. I think to have no plan is a plan, really. (laughs) Does does that sound strange? My plan is to have no plan. I'm just going to survive this year. 
at some point towards the end of this year, the government's going to start wanting the bounce back loan back and we're going to have to be expected to pay the VAT that we've deferred, you know, and things like that. I've got big conversations to have with accountants and the government and cap in hand to sort of ask for more help, you know, and that's enough really is to just survive somehow through 21, create revenue, still be here this time next year. That would be an interesting podcast, wouldn't it, I guess, to say, so how did it go? Yeah. (laughs) Did you take those boxes? Because we don't know. This might not be the last lockdown. Everybody's talking as though this is the last lockdown. I'm like, (laughs) well... (laughs) This is look- a regular occurrence. <laughs> do I need really- to change my business and make sure that you know I really do make some money when I am allowed to open and keep hold of it and be more savvy? Mm. So yeah, I think my plan is to have no plan <laughs> and then just wait and see what happens and just be there for everybody because it does pay off. You know, I've got a lovely Facebook group with all my clients. I have. Um, installed a new wall art range over the last couple of months which is beautiful and I'm really excited about um, with digital lab and we're gonna James has agreed he's gonna come and help me take some really cool photos of it (laughs) (laughs) at some point when we're allowed and um, so I'm gonna promote that I'll promote that into my group I haven't got a problem with that because I've got a beautiful product that I'm genuinely excited about I haven't like I haven't like dreamed up, how can I make some money out of my Facebook group? How can I make some money out of my clients? I've something that's happened that I'm really excited about. Should they want to invest in a few pieces of wall art during lockdown because they're on 80%, et cetera, and they've got existing portraits that they want to get up on the wall. I think that's a fair exchange of what I've got and what they'd love. So I will promote that softly and and I'll be gen it's coming from a genuine place. I'm genuinely excited. I haven't scrabbled and sort of cynically thought of something that I can sell to them because I don't want that space to be selling. I will ask them for referrals next year. Oh no, it's 21 now later this year, because that's what, you know, the group can do for me can create extra shoots. But right now I'm just going to look after them. I'm mother hen. We're just going to get through mental health check gin <laughs> yeah mental well, health check another it, gin create a tiktok you know and just be there really as like the others have said it's it's incredibly hard to plan at the moment i find it very mm. hard to plan you plan things um and then the rugs pull from under you straight away um so you go you're constantly having to rethink plan and absolutely think what are we going to do um i'm lucky enough to have a couple of commercial jobs in in, in the bank so um, I've got those to work with, but um, I love, I just love being around people and photographing people. And I really miss that. That's what I really miss the core. And I'm going to, I'm going to be pulling my daughters into the studio at some point when we can sneak over and it's okay to do so. I and mean, we can't travel at the moment, but um, I, I might even take a light home. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, I think I'm going to take a light home because I want to shoot the girls and I'm just, I desperately want to pick up a camera. I keep, because you are doing a bit of scrolling, yeah? So I'll scroll and I'll go, oh, I love that. I'd love to try something similar. I wonder if I could do that. Mm." You know, and you're like, normally I would then go and pick up my camera and I would go and do it. I would grab Ange, my amazing colleague here. I'd grab her, (laughs) throw her in the studio and I'd get that done, you know, and we'd play around and create some things. I can't. I just feel mm. like I've had my hands cut off a bit and that's just, it's sad, isn't it? So with everyone else in the group, sort of basing on yourself, you know, do one thing a day, tick, tick, tick a box each day. Scott, what would your thing to do this week? What's that going to be? I'm, I'm actually much like James. I'm doing um, a lot of uh, mental meets for the SWPP. So I've got four of those at the minute and I am doing one a day of those, which is... Uh, uh, I've been doing qualifications through them. So that's been keeping me quite busy. Uh, obviously, since uh, since lockdown, we're now working on more rescheduling weddings. So we're now on brides on their third and sometimes fourth dates. So we're now dealing a lot of that. So that is, that's keeping me busy um, at the minute. And my heart goes out because it's frustrating for us and we're just turning up on the day and, and working. But for them to try and replan their day four or five, no, sometimes, let's be honest, five times now, it's heart wrenching. Um, 
So we're, we're again, we're back to being counsellor. Uh, and much like Joe, we've got our own little uh, edge photography community, people with brides at book. And I think Kev Mullins says it on his podcast, people forget the social and social media. Mm. People are too much on there about, yeah. you know, and I've got a friend called Karen. We all got a friend called Karen. It's the Karen. No, Karen on Facebook said this yeah. about something and it just runs and it's so much misinformation. I think we need to make sure that we, we do the social side of it. So again, we're checking in on, on on those at the minute, but I've I've got a little list of things to do. I've just did a before we did this, I did a Zoom from a, a, a couple we did last year. Their album's been signed off. And my job today is to complete their order and upload it to Graphic Studio to get their to get their album done. Um, and I think Sanjay again from way back when we did these podcasts, not honest. It's okay, as Joe said, to have a day off. It's okay not to be, we're not working full time. So why should we be doing us be working full time up here in the office? I'm, I'm again, Emily's at school because Beck's a nurse. So I can, we can both focus on our, on our role. So, but I'll be picking her up at half past two and, and we'll make, we'll build some Lego and we'll go and do something. And so with, you say about picking the camera up, Beck had a, a she's got a promotion. So she had to have a new ID card. So I'm like, Right, I'll take the photograph for that. We bought lights downstairs. We bought reflectors. <laughs> it will be the best taken NHS ID card picture <laughs> ever. <laughs> because I, I miss being creative. <laughs> did you use smoke? <laughs> I didn't actually. No, I drew the line at smoke. But I, I did use. Uh, I did. I did. You know, took the white balance meeting uh, on my camera on my phone and got it all lit and heart, put a key light. Coloured gels. And yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> but gels. yeah. <laughs> one thing um yeah and again tidy up here to be honest because no one's been up here so tired of the office again that'll be next week's job so doing a little bit of the office every day to keep keep us going and and making the bed getting up making the bed mm. um if back system me she'll be swearing at the podcast now but getting up but having that one bit of routine you do every single day to kick start your day and to get going i think that, that's really really important definitely how about you james um, I've got a um, social media video project to put in mind. Um, I did one last year for just my Instagram stories, which is I, f- I photographed a can of beer, bottle of beer. Um, it's um, It was a supporting local business thing, actually. James O'Brien's LBC show, he did a phone in one day where people who ran independent businesses rang in and just said, basically dumped on him and just said, this is how difficult this this, this crisis has been for us. And the first guy that rang in was a brewery in Huddersfield. Um, and he said, yeah, because the pubs are shut, the knock-on effect is obviously I'm not supplying the pubs um, and, and we're having to throw away beer because it doesn't keep, you know, sort of thing. Um, so uh, I went on his website and bought a case of beer and just put it on social media and said, Look, I heard you online, da, da, da. got a load of retweets on that. James O'Brien retweeted it himself and it got a load of traction and he got a load of orders that day. So that's been our busiest day of the year from one phone call. I got one of the bottles of beer and I just sh- did an Instagram story, just showed you how to shoot a bottle of beer how to make it look really cool. It's like a professional product shot. All ideas have stolen from other people. But the main one that actually got it was the fact that you put primer on it to stop the reflection on the glass sort of thing. People are like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh my word. So there's a brewery down the road from me <laughs> who do dinosaur themed beers. And the one I've got is called the Stagosaurus IPA. Stagosaurus. That's, how, that's, how, that's what you walk like after you've drunk it because it's like 9%. <laughs> and I've got a big bowl, a big sort of... Um, uh, like a hanging basket bowl, one of those ones, the woven sort of fabric in there, some soil. I'm going to fill the bowl with soil, dump the can in it, and then scatter all these purple and green grass seeds that I've got, because it's purple and green, the can. Scatter them all around, let it grow for a couple of days, and then photograph it with different effects and different stuff like that, and put little mini dinosaurs in it to make it look like <laughs> an old dinosaur thing like that, and just shoot that. And what that does is it gives me a creative project to do with my son, which is really cool. It gives me good social media content and a good connection with the local business that's just down the road. Mm, it's quite an expensive brewery. So hopefully there should be some free ones. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we way. can get the free ones. So when you have your gallery opening, we can promote the local brewery as well. Let's do that. I'll be, I'll be bringing them in. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's about, once again, that's a business just down the road for me that I can make an act. I, I see that they're active on Instagram. There's no point interacting with these businesses. If you look at their Instagram and they, they, they post, what is it like once a couple of, once every couple of months, there's no point. They don't look at it. There's, yeah. there's photographic institutions that could benefit from a more active, engaged um, social media presence because it's a <laughs> yeah. free, easy thing to do. No, it is. And it's funny. You know, it's funny that when you tag people in stuff, you're going, I'm giving you free content here. I tag them all in it. Yeah. And it's interesting the ones that do and the ones that don't. Mm. 
you know mm. it really is and 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 i think like and and, and i think that's going to be my project this week so it's going to be fun and we're going to get the dinosaurs out and make it sort of nice and easy and really cool so yeah. well, it's one week done isn't it tick it's one week one, one week, week done <laughs> watching grass grow that's my <laughs> <laughs> before it was watching primer paint dry yeah. now it's watching grass, <laughs> grass grow. get a hairdryer out you'll be fine well excellent it's been absolutely amazing talking to you all over the last hour. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. I know James is always going to pop in. He likes to have the last word. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, James. Thank you, Joanna. It's you. Um, wonderful insight, wonderful positivity. Out of what's in front of us now? Who knows? Anyway. Just be nice to each other. I think I posted it yesterday on a picture. The, it's tough enough out there at the minute about us all being ourselves to each other. So just just think before you tweet. Think before you make a comment on Facebook. And don't forget, we're all running a different race. So yeah. just Yeah, be that. kind, really. And also be kind to yourself and try and swerve the stuff that's bringing you down. I, I, I had a few surprised responses from people last time. So how did you get through that first pandemic? I said, I didn't watch the news. I didn't read the paper. I didn't really go on any, you know, social media that was discussing it. I just got the government updates and I, I found out what I needed to know. And then I just ignored the world because it can break you down. And gin. Gin definitely gin. helped. Gin helps <laughs> well, everything. That comes, it comes down to, I say it all the time, worry about the things you can control. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise you fill your brain. And I keep saying mm. that to my 14 year old daughter is, is, is quite anxious at the moment. Yeah. And it's like, you need to just step away. You need to stop reading. Awesome. Watch the scroll. Yeah, otherwise scroll. The, head, the head goes pop. Yeah, awesome. very much so. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Look forward Thanks. to seeing you again. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye.